Well, it wasn't the prettiest of wins, but in the end, the Bucks got it done at the end with Grayson Allen. Couldn't hit a three all night. In fact, the Bucks could hardly hit a three all night, but Grayson Allen hit a big one. Giannis put up a lot of points, but he fouled out. He hasn't done that a lot lately, so it wasn't pretty. Uh, there was lots of defense in this game. Plenty to talk about. The Bucks 15-5, and five, which sounds pretty good with Chris Middleton about to make a season debut. Let's talk about it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Monday to Friday and find my other stuff over at ESPN. Alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, and uh, all's well that ends well, Frank. The Bucks win this one 109 to 103 in a game that felt like for the entirety, it was between five points and scores level. And the Bucks looked like they were relatively comfortable, but they could just not make enough shots to separate from the Knicks. Uh, they were really crushed on the offensive rebounds. And as I said, they couldn't make a shot, not only from three, but they missed a lot of bunnies in this game as well. Giannis had 37, but he fouled out. Should we start with the, is it the first game winner for Grayson Allen? I can't remember if he's had another game winner with the Bucks, And it wasn't technically at the buzzer, but when you haven't been able to make a three all night, it felt pretty nice to see Grayson Allen knock down a shot and be a villain in his comfort zone, a villain at Madison Square Garden. Well, we haven't said Grayson Allen hadn't, you know, not being able to make a shot. We, ha- we haven't been saying that a lot lately. Yeah. I think he came into this game shooting 45% from three. His true shooting is up 66%, I believe, coming <laughs> into this game. I mean, it's kind of funny. I feel like there were a couple of stages early in the season where I was like, oh, Grayson, what's going on with Grayson Allen? And, you know, you look at his numbers now with the heater that, that he had been on. Um, you know, his, his scoring numbers are around kind of where they were a year ago, but the efficiency has been phenomenal. Um, and you know, he's getting the line, like, I think like 2X, I think what, what he did last year. Hmm. Um, so he's playing really well. And honestly, I mean, with all the noise, um, that there's been about him being involved in potential trades, I mean, he's reacted to it about as well as, as you could have hoped basically making his case for why the Bucks should not be looking to trade him right. and, you know, his, uh, his scoring and shooting in particular, uh, whether he eventually has to come off the bench or continues to start when Chris is back, which sounds like we may be only, uh, when people listen to this, less than 48 hours away from. Um, you know, I think either way, you, you obviously he's looking like a guy that you want to figure out how you keep him in, in the rotation. And um, at the other night, kind of Bud typically going with kind of this nine and a half man rotation. And tonight, I think, again, not fully healthy. Obviously, you're still missing Chris Middleton. Obviously, it'll be probably be a little while before we see Joe Ingles. But you look at the nine guys he played tonight, the starting group that we've seen most of the year, and then Bobby and Pat each 24, 25 minutes, and then George Hill 10 minutes, Wes Matthews 13 minutes. You know, there's nobody there, right? Like, obviously, we've spoken a bit about Jordan Wara and some of the inconsistency problems there. 
you know, Marjan Bochamp's had some really good moments. He's had some rookie moments. Obviously, I haven't seen a lot from him. Serge Baca, the on-court, off-court numbers with Serge are pretty ugly. You know, like I don't, I don't know that he's looked bad or terrible or anything like that. But, um, but you know, I don't think we're looking at Serge saying like, oh, how do we get this guy minutes every night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in a game like this, road game, pretty close throughout, right? Bucks go down 18-11 to start the game. I think that was the biggest Knicks lead all night. And as you said, with the both teams not shooting the ball well from three, the Knicks just six out of 30, Bucks just 10 for 35. You know, those normal, like, big runs that you expect in an NBA game just never happened. And the Knicks, to their credit, only turned it over seven times. The Bucks only five turnovers. So neither team turned the ball over. Neither team shot threes well. You know, the kind of ingredients that typically will lead to swings and runs both ways. The Knicks actually were really good in transition took advantage of the Bucks repeatedly. The Bucks were not good in transition, but in the half court, um, the Bucks were were much better. And uh, if not for the Knicks' offensive rebounding, you know, I looked it up. I think the Knicks or the Bucks have given up more than twelve offensive rebounds in a game. I think only five times this year. Mitchell Robinson had twelve offensive rebounds, eleven or twelve off- eleven offensive. Okay, I thought he had twelve. Eleven offensive rebounds by himself, and the Knicks had nineteen overall. Uh, which is the most that the Bucks have conceded in, in raw terms. Now, I think if you look at it by, uh, you know, by rebound percentage, right, they missed a, an absolute ton of shots in this game. So it, it doesn't look, you know, quite so bad when when you put it in, in that framing, right? Like Knicks had a 35% offensive rebound rate. That's still 87th percentile. That's way higher than the Bucks typically give up. They came into this game number one in defensive rebound rate, I think around 22, 23%. So again, that's, you know, roughly... 100, you know, 1.5 times better uh, that they get up tonight. And, and you just saw like Mitchell Robinson is just an absolute ton. He pants himself under the basket. You know, yeah, he's, he's too thick. His base is just too big for Giannis to move. And even Brooke Lopez struggled. And, you know, we saw tons and tons of, of, of drop against a pick and roll and uh, Jalen Brunson, you know, kind of got it going a little bit towards the end, but overall not a great shooting night for him. Bucks defended you know, pretty much everyone pretty well, but it was really just the offensive rebounds that they just couldn't kind of handle, which is atypical for them. And, you know, it felt like they fouled a ton too. Giannis had four fouls in the fourth quarter. They had seven fouls in the fourth quarter, but interestingly, they only had eight fouls coming into that quarter, 15 fouls. I think that's the second fewest fouls they've had in a game all season. So they would have been way under their season low for total fouls, if not for the kind of, loose whistle that we saw there down the stretch. Although honestly it wasn't like, like the foul out, you know, it was the right call. Um, yeah. Again, like you can argue with maybe some of the marginal calls. Like, yeah. That what you think of Jan's got called for like that one against Brunson when he just sort of cut off the baseline, but you know, it wasn't like the egregious um, charge call that we saw the other night uh, against Tim Hardaway that, uh, that I went, uh, you know, hmm very angrily on about uh, towards the end of the last podcast I was on. So, uh, so yeah, it was uh, an interesting game, definitely a bit different in number of respects, um, but an entertaining one, nevertheless, kind of weird, as you said, it's just, I, I wasn't like super anxious. I felt like, ah, I feel like they're going to hate They'll do something. The, yeah. the Knicks, are the Knicks really going to get over the hump here? But I mean, when Giannis gets, gets called for the foul, Mitchell Robinson makes the first free throw. He's a bad free throw shooter. And then he short arms the second one. They get the ball back. And they get a foul, and you think, oh, great, now they're going to be playing from the front. But I think it was Brunson missed one of the foul, foul shots on, on a foul that was Drew's fifth. So Drew also almost fouled out. 
Drew and, and Giannis had 11 of the 15 fouls. Um, but fortunately then, as you said, Grayson Allen, you know, whips it over to, to Brooke Lopez, runs over to the, to the screen, um, gets the handoff, immediately puts up the three. And, uh, you know, we saw him, I guess it must've been last year, right? He had that one monster fourth quarter, three point shooting performance at the garden and Grayson, no, no stranger to uh, playing the villain. He certainly uh, mm-hmm. relishes that, that opportunity. Ask anyone in Chicago about that. And uh, yeah, caps off, uh, you know, an average night for him overall, but he had a, a really nice driving layup, I think with what, two or three minutes left in this game. Um, had a couple nice kind of wraparound passes for Giannis for buckets as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, obviously something's got to give when Chris comes back here uh, sounding like Friday or this weekend, whenever it is um, in terms of the rotation and who's closing and things like that. But, you know, again, it's nice to have these guys, these complimentary players all making a case, whether it's Javon Carter for the vast majority of the season, get kind of a quiet night tonight shooting, but, um, but Grayson, you know, all these guys are saying like, Hey, you know, we, we can, we can, we can keep the, keep the ship afloat without Chris and wherever Chris comes back, you're going to want to keep playing me because, because I'm playing really well. So, um, you know, again, not, not the most resounding victory by any stretch, but you know, Hey, just keep grinding out wins, road wins against teams that are respectable. Uh, I don't look at me to, to complain about those. And interesting, just looking at the box score as we talk about the rotation, Giannis played 37, so that's a little bit more than usual. But most of the other starters are in the low 30s, even though you only have nine guys. So in a perfect world, if you have Chris Milton, then maybe in a month you have Joe Ingles. It's like, okay, there's plenty of guys you can play. And then you mentioned Bochamp and Jordan War, who have also had opportunities uh, so far this season. I want to talk more about Giannis and he's 37 because it was, it was an interesting 37. And he just seems to find ways now to get to that uh, 35. But we'll talk about betonline.net first, our uh, friends of the podcast here, and your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. Uh, the Bucks still second favorite for the NBA title as I look at it here behind the Boston Celtics. Giannis, I believe, second favorite for MVP behind Jason Tatum, who had 49 points tonight. Uh, against Miami, Boston are scoring a lot. Talk about a team that uh, has no trouble with offense right now. But you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer, Frank. The World Cup, uh, there is a higher portion of listeners if they live in the U.S. that maybe they if they care about soccer in the World Cup. They're very excited for the weekend. Uh, Australia, I didn't get up for the game, but I woke up this morning and they're still alive. So they're in the final 16. People are going crazy. Uh, I could hear it down the street. If anyone saw all those videos of Fed Square in Australia or in Melbourne and they're going, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people. That was at 3.30 a.m. I was asleep. It's down the road from my house, though. So maybe on the weekend I can pop down there. But anyway, people are having fun with the World Cup. But go to betonline.net uh, today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's betonline where the game starts. I gotta say, Kane, it's been a it's been a pretty pretty good sports last few days for me. Uh, obviously, yeah. I'm a much bigger soccer fan than you are, mm. and so the U.S. going through yesterday not not exen talking about not resigning victories, not exactly a resigning victory uh, against Iran, but um, nevertheless got the job done. Uh, they go through to the next round and have a eh, winnable game against the Dutch on Saturday. I'm not. Don't expect them to win, but they at least have a chance. And uh, so my four teams in the World Cup, 
U.S., Argentina, because I'm a hey. diehard Messi hey. fan. Frank, yeah, I hope get you out of here. Killed. I hope get you get out of here with on, that on Saturday. I hope I hope Argentina kills you guys. But no wonder me um, and Joe Ingles hate you, Frank. Continue. Well, first off, you don't even watch the games, so you know. Yeah, because uh, I'm I'm a big I'm a big sports karma guy, and because of work and other reasons. And last night it was a two a.m. game on a on a weeknight. Come on, what am I supposed to do? But now that I haven't watched one live second of action, I feel like it would be bad karma to watch. I don't know. I was gonna say I was gonna say what the hell does karma have to do? Like, how, how does karma? Well, bad luck, the, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Juju. You should continue. You should continue being a bad fan of the Australian soccer team, um, and not watch well, them. Uh, I got. You told me. You from... told me. You told me before the tournament. We were talking about this. I was like, "Oh, are you going to watch the games?" And you're just like, eh, "I hope they win," but no, I'm not going to watch the games. No, so, I got to lift time with Andrew Gaze. So we do a Wednesday night TV show over here, and Andrew Gaze drives me home because I'm like a little child that doesn't have a car. So Andrew, <laughs> Andrew. So Andrew Gaze drops me home. It's on the way. And if people don't know, Andrew Gaze is like a legendary figure in Australia. Probably the greatest men's basketball. Well, not probably. is the greatest men's basketball player the country's ever seen. And he goes, are you getting up to watch this game? I said, no, I don't think so. And bear in mind, Andrew Gaze is a guy that carried the flag at an Olympic opening ceremony. So he loves Australia as much as anyone on earth. I said, no, I don't think so. And he just stopped. And he said, that is un-Australian. And he almost, I thought he was almost about to kick me out of the car and make me walk. (laughs) so i do feel bad about it we'll see yeah uh well either way uh i am i've i've been a i've been a messy fan since he first debuted with barcelona about 18 years ago um and uh i saw him play at the world cup in 2006 in germany i saw argentina beat mexico which was one of the cooler things um that i've that i've seen argentina won that game in extra time was around a 16 um, and Messi, Messi came out as a sub because he was only 19 and the coach didn't trust him and, and then he didn't play at all in the next game and they lost. So that was unfortunate. But, um, but anyway, I'm a, I'm a, a Messi fan when, when Argentina won the Copa America, uh, last summer, I was like, legi- I, I don't know that I cried, but I was legitimately like, because he had been that snake bit in terms of winning, um, senior trophies with Argentina. I was so happy when he did that. I've just been kind of following him his entire career. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I know he's. I don't. I would definitely not say they're favorites at this point. But um, you know, Australia obviously. Again, we'll see. They obviously will be favorites on in that game, and then I think they'll probably be favorites. Um, you know, against whoever comes out of the the U.S. Dutch game. Although obviously the Dutch will be favorites against the U.S. So that'll be fun. And then Sp- Spain and Germany, Germany are my other two teams. They already had to play each other last, but um, I'm hopeful. Certainly Spain will go through. I'm hopeful Germany will as well. So so we'll see. And then, um, but yeah, been a uh, an interesting World Cup so far. And um, Bucks racking up some wins. And, uh, you know, it's it's like weird. Like the Packers lost on Sunday, but it was like, oh, they, they only lost by seven against the Eagles who are good. Um, and, you know, Jordan Love looked good against like a prevent defense in the last hey, couple nobody minutes, cares so, about the Packers. Yeah. there's a lot yeah of Packers, i know Frank, uh, let's the, get back the, to the, bucks. The, the, the packers are like you know the bucks of like i don't know 20 <laughs> 20 like nah, maybe not 15 win bucks but um it's kind of like oh hey christian watson he's like the i'm not gonna say he's the honest of that team but but yeah it's pretty grim for the packers right now no expectation of wins but the bucks there we the go bucks we do have expectations of wins and uh I don't know. It's 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 kind of it's kind of weird, Kane. Like I'm almost uh, Chris Middleton coming back. It's like oh, 
now the whole gang's gonna be back together. Now we have to like actually we don't have any more excuses <laughs> if they lose. Hmm. Now, now they actually need to to win games, and uh, if they lose, you know, to the Celtics on Christmas, it's gonna be like, oh, you know, I guess there don't have any more built-in complaints for that. No more Chris Middleton excuse. So, um, but yeah, I'm obviously Shams reporting today that that Chris is expected to come back on Friday. Uh, they play a back-to-back Lakers and Hornets which is a little annoying because, well, maybe it's not annoying because it's obviously two games that you'd normally expect to win. Um, but it's a little annoying just in the sense of, man, you, you really want to bank both of those games given you're going to be favored in both. But we'll see with Chris coming back, obviously Giannis on a back-to-back, like does he rest one of the games? Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just win these games that you're supposed to win. And there's obviously going to be a number of more difficult games on the schedule coming in the coming weeks. So, uh, so we'll see how, how things shake out, but glad that they were able to go out on the road and, and get a win. Cause they, they, I mean, they haven't played many road games. What are they, are they four and three, I think on the road this season mm-hmm. so far? I mean, not exactly a big sample size and you know, those road games are going to start sacking up a little bit here over the next few weeks. I saw they, they, I was looking to try to get a game over, uh, over Christmas and uh, when I'm coming home to Wisconsin and there's, they don't play in Wisconsin. They play on the 17th against the jazz. And then they're not back home in Milwaukee until the 30th. So I was like, what the hell? I either got to go back really early or I got to stay late. Like, come on, man, let's get at least one game around Christmas. That was kind of annoying. But anyway, my daughter's, my daughter keeps asking me about seeing Giannis play. So ah, it's we got to make it happen. We got to make that happen. Yeah. No question. Uh, the Bucks 15 and five. So to your point, yeah, home heavy schedule, no doubt. Uh, but that's still 60-win pace. That's not bad going and probably not where we thought there would be. Remember the over-under that we did at the start of the season, I think 53 and a half. Uh, so that's looking pretty good at this point in time, even though things are going to get a little bit more difficult. Let's get back to this game. Hopefully people have still stuck around through the uh, soccer and uh, all <laughs> random chat in the middle of this post-game a- Andrew, Andrew Gay's name-dropping, Kane talking about him... His is uh, the the most celebrated basketball player in his country's history, being his Uber driver. T- typical Kane Pittman name dropping right there. Hey, I did it when I lived in Milwaukee. People <laughs> felt sorry for me. They're like, "Look at this tourist. He hasn't got much money." Now I come back to Australia and I'm still doing the same thing. So, hey, <laughs> sometimes you just need to ask for help. You can't be too ashamed. Let's get back to Giannis. This game was a little Quentin Grammy. I think we can uh, say for sure. But Giannis still just finds a way to get his stats. And if you look at his line at the end of the night, 37 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, only the one block. And he only had three turnovers, though. I do like that number. But if you look at the way he he shot the ball, because we've discussed it multiple times the way he approaches different games, uh, is he really looking to score? There's games where he scores 10 points in the first quarter and you're like, okay, this is a man who is aggressively looking to score. You mentioned the size they have with Randall and Robertson as well, but he didn't score his first bucket in this game to around the halfway mark of the second quarter. might have been about seven minutes to go in the second quarter there. But he finishes the night 13 for 25 from the field. But 11, by my count, 11 for 17 from two-point range. And then nine for 12 from the free throw line. And overall... If you look at, there's been a couple of games where the Bucs have probably lost because they could have used a few extra free throws. 
This one's close. Giannis goes nine for 12. You've got an excellent free throw shooter down the other end, Jalen Brunson, who goes one for four. He shoots more threes than he shot at any point in this season. So in many ways, this was kind of a bizarre Giannis performance, even though at the end of the night, the numbers are as spectacular as ever. Yeah, he was. I think he started the game 0 for 4. Um, you know, he missed like a just point blank little like yeah. bunny alley oop that kind of I don't know how he missed it. Um, and it just was like, oh man, just like indicative of the whole team, to be honest. I mean, they, they were just missing everything to start that game. And, you know, it looked like Giannis was, was trying to play the right way, as we know he likes to say. Uh, get his teammates open shots. Kind of remarkable that he, had, he still had seven assists, given it felt like he should have had about twice <laughs> twice that number. Um, but uh, but yeah, just didn't kind of have things going early. You know, some teams play up on him and don't really, you know, they, they want to crowd him a little bit or, or not play off him and give him a runway. Uh, we saw at various points the Knicks um, back off him a lot uh, and kind of dared him to, to shoot threes. At various points, he ends up hitting two in the in the second half, including or sorry, one was in the second quarter, and then the second was in the fourth quarter. Um, one of those was a a kind of you know desperation shot at the end of the second quarter. So you know, okay, two for seven yeah. during the kind of like competitive portions. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we saw him as well. I think you know, and I'll just say the two things I didn't like, and then we can talk about all the things that we we should like because there's way more to like than dislike. Um, I thought in the fourth there down the stretch, he settled for a turnaround glamour shot baseline uh, that he missed. And then he also, you know, settled for one of those head down, dribble to the left two steps and rise up for a 17 footer, uh, which he badly missed short. I think those were his last two uh, field goal attempts of the game. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, for the most part, and really he's been doing this for a little while now, because I think he's kind of felt that, for the most part, right, his mid-range game three-point shot hasn't really been there. So a bit uncharacteristic to see him take, especially the eight threes tonight. Um, but, you know, he's been really good about just trying to stay super aggressive and drive and, you know, do the kind of stuff that you want Giannis to do. And I think we've had seen a number of games as well where, you know, he's worked well as kind of a roller, big man making himself available and guys just, you know, getting him the ball in good spots, whether – you know, like I mentioned, Giannis or uh, Grayson giving him like a wraparound after a dribble handoff and a drive. You know, Javon Carter threw him an alley oop in the fourth quarter. Javon Carter, you know, we we have to we have to mention that because he's you know notorious for not getting knowing when to give him the ball in transition. That time, he uh, got him got it up high enough, and, and Giannis threw it down in the fourth. Um, and also, Javon threw it over the top, I think, on an entry pass for a dunk to start the fourth quarter as well. So. Um, you know, a game where and, and Giannis he had four offensive rebounds his himself. I think he had like about three dunks off of offensive rebounds, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so was able to kind of manufacture some stuff, even though again some of the mid range shots weren't working. I I did like in the third quarter he had a probably like a ten foot little righty hook shot, which yeah he looked it, pretty it comfortable. A long hook. Yeah, yeah, and that's always like again like the shot that it's like he just has never developed a consistent feel for it. Um, and if he did, obviously, I think it would kind of change, you know, the way that, you know, kind of it would be a nice safety valve type shot for him. But again, we're, we're in year 10, still talking about, you know, and developing on a shot. He's had, he's shown it at various points. And this season, we really have not seen very much of it is like, you know, three to 10 foot uh, non-restricted area paint 
percentage has been abysmal, like 25% all year. It just hasn't shown any touch there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, 37 points on 25 shots. And again, you know, mechanically, again, has he really, is he doing something way better now than he was before from the free throw line? I don't even know if it's really mechanic so much as just getting into like a repeatable rhythm for himself. Um, the, the time he's taking uh, at, at points gets extremely long. Um, as you mentioned, I think after the early part of the previous game, I think he sped it up a bit because I think the refs kind of warned him about it. Um, this game, he started closing his eyes. I don't think he was closing his eyes when he was taking his deep breath when he first got the ball in previous games. He, he, this game down the stretch, he was closing his eyes and just making it extra dramatic. So I don't know. I still feel like there's a 10 second violation probably uh, in store for him at some point, but I mean, it's um, like 15, let's be honest. And, and not only that, because I know, because I was, I was on a little bit of a delay here at the start of the game. So I was like, just fast forwarding 90 seconds straight away. And that was enough for, for two free throws, which I mean, he, I would be, I don't get as into it as you do, Frank, but I would be concerned if that's how long it's taking and you're into the playoffs and you open the tents, everyone, the crowd and all that kind of stuff again. I mean, the good news is like, he's only taking one dribble still. And the actual part where he's shooting doesn't really take that long. So no. if he just like, doesn't do the, like the, put the ball at his side and, you know, take sometimes two deep breaths. I mean, there have been times where he's taken seven seconds just on that part. So, I mean, there's ways to kind of speed this up pretty, pretty easily. Um, But obviously we'll see if he, if he does that, but again, nine out of 12 tonight. um, What was he? Love it. 10 for 14 in the previous game. Um, He's been on a much better swing. And and again, so much of this is just getting him out of sort of just the mental rut and, um, you know, I, I have no illusions that he's going to shoot free throws with this exact routine forever. At some point he'll go into a slump and then he'll change it up and hopefully then quickly it'll, he'll get back out of it. But, um, but again, right now, obviously the main thing was just getting out of that four for 15 type of, uh, type of slump. And, you know, he was, I think he came into this game 47% from the foul line on the road this year. Historically, he he hasn't, you know, there a lot of years he's been pretty much exactly even at home and on the road. Um, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago that he was he was better at home, but this year he he had his worst games. He obviously hasn't played a lot of road games, but he's had a couple of really bad ones, like the ten for twenty night in Minnesota, the four for fifteen night in Philly. He was two for five on opening night in Philly as well, and that's you know that was pretty much most of his mer- most of his road free throw sure. shooting games. So. Um, so good to see him making free throws <laughs> in a gym that is not Pfizer for him. And, uh, I know Lisa Byington, friend of the show, uh, was tweeting out video of him taking some practice free throws after the game. So again, hopefully, uh, no, uh, no MSG ladder people, um, causing any problems, but obviously better circumstances this time around shooting him after going nine for 12 versus four out of 15. So, um, but yeah, and I think the other thing too is, I mean, Giannis was a minus five. He was like a minus from the first half, like pretty much throughout this game. And, you know, just nice to see you look at the bench. Pat Connaughton struggled with the three-point shot, was two for eight, started 0 for five, but hit a couple big ones in the second half. And overall, Pat was plus 20. You know, George Hill was plus 11, Bobby plus nine. So again, the 
you know, the starting lineup has generally been the engine of, of the good things that have happened for the Bucks this year. Tonight, though, it was nice to see slow start by the starters. Dug them that 18-11 hole. And, but, you know, when they rotated in different guys off the bench, you didn't really miss a beat. And, again, that's a nice thing to say. And hopefully they continue to get more healthy rather than have, you know, more random injuries crop up. Because I think right now, again, even not without Chris Middleton, you look at the group you've got and you say, like, wow all these dudes are pretty solid, right? Like I'm, I'm not nervous about guy, any of these guys coming in and, you know, just not knowing how to play or not knowing how to play with, with the guys on the floor. So Giannis going out to shoot free throws after the game. I, uh, now keeping in mind, that's I'm taking the piss a little bit here because he is one of the hardest workers in the league, but I do wonder if he's just going to go on a road tour of proving a point about the people in Philly, the bad attitude of the people in Philadelphia. And you say, look at all these other arenas that I go around and do this in, and no one bothers me. I'm just a professional trying to get better every day. Create good habits, as he would say. Uh, the other point with Pat Connaughton is just another hit to the head. Oh, vintage. Vintage Pat Connaughton getting clocked in the head. I, I think we got the eye this time, right? So no, no, no shot or mouth shot, just a... Nice little slap to the eye uh, on that that late inbound. And there was lots of boos from the crowd. I think anyone that was caught on camera booing should receive a poke to the eye and see how they react. It was, it was a really his eye was really red too. I mean, it was very yeah. like noticeable. Like because I, I didn't realize that they weren't in the penalty yet. Um, I was assuming he was gonna have to shoot free throws. I'm like, oh man, like can you can you right, see right. can he see straight? Is he shooting, you know, their three baskets and he's gonna have to shoot for the one in the middle? But um they they weren't in the penalty yet, so then the Bucks get another inbound and Drew Holiday, fortunately. Um after Grayson gets the three, they get the stop. Um then Drew hits the hits the free throws and I mean we should say Drew Holiday as well, right? Twenty-two points, nine and nineteen shooting, six rebounds, five assists, plus ten. Uh, had his own foul problems. He had two quick fouls early, mm. um, which I think kind of threw things off a little bit in that first quarter. But um, again, your best players kind of led the way and the kind of quality role players that, you know, we've we've come to enjoy over the past years, whether it was, you know, Pat finally hitting some shots late, Bobby having some moments with his, uh, his old friends at MSG, um, and obviously Grace and Allen saving, saving some of his best for a late as well as uh, a pretty fun game. Yeah. And Bud did have to make a decision in the first quarter there. You mentioned the two fouls and the Bucks were really, really struggling offensively. Bud put Drew Holiday back in the game in the first quarter and he, he scored a couple of buckets, picked up a couple of assists. I thought they were important minutes just to keep the Bucks with the Knicks as they were struggling to start that game. And we've seen that a little bit with Giannis as well, you know, trusting the, the veterans a little bit more to play with foul trouble now tonight, obviously. You know, Giannis fouled out, so uh, it wasn't necessarily uh, the case tonight. But I like that. These guys, particularly in regular season games, they can play with fouls if you, if you need them uh, to do so there. All right, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well once you're done with Locked On Bucks. And by the way, I should say, the Spotify wraps uh, started to come through today. Got tagged in a few of them, Frank. Uh, we always appreciate that. I always say it's crazy when you see the, the number of minutes and hours that these people listen to us talk about the Bucks, Frank. It is kind of scary, but we absolutely appreciate it. Uh, and you also should check we out. Love, we we love our sickos. We love our lockdown Bucks oh, sickos. It. You guys, you guys are the best. And uh, you were lockdown Bucks was also number one on my 
end of your Spotify rap playlist, which ah. I will, I will credit to, uh, to me wanting to hear our, you know, you and ah. our friends, Justin and Camille and, um, all the various guests you, uh, not just because I like to listen to my own voice because I think my own voice is kind of weird, but, uh, but <laughs> yes, what a, uh, what a, what another fun, fun year of, uh, of locking on the bucks. Um, uh, I guess we, we have no shortage of content to listen to either. Right. We're kind of, you know, we're, we're, we record so many damn podcasts that we're, we're kind of throwing a lot of quantity. I don't know if it's always quality, but, uh, we throw a lot of quantity out there. So, you know, um, we, we tend to, that tends to probably push us up on the, this end of your wrapped, wrapped listings as well. Well, as I've always said, quantity over quality, and that's what we're doing here at Locked On Bucks. Uh, By the way, Wes, Wes, one final shout out. Mate, I've tried to do this Locked On Sports Today read six times. Go. Uh, Peter Bukowski doesn't need it. Um, No, Wes Matthews. How about Wes Matthews coming in? Bucks up three late. Wes Matthews defending Julius Randle, you know, gets him to throw up kind of a wild shot that he misses and that that pretty much sealed the game. So shout out to Wes Matthews. You know, like Wes, as we've been saying, Bucks kind of they've been kind of keeping him, keeping him warm, keeping him fresh, not putting him, sending him too much, but always nice. Giannis follows out. You can throw Wes out there, and he'll uh, he'll defend up and make a make a much bigger player have a problem, and and again help seal the game with some of his defense. Anyway, Peter Bukowski and Locked On Sports today. Yeah. Listen to Lockdown Sports today. Uh, that's exactly right. Peter Bukowski will have you covered there. Uh, we're going to have a podcast tomorrow as well. Uh, Camille's been a little under the weather. So I've, I've, I've let her have a few days off, but potentially Camille will be on tomorrow. Might be Justin. We didn't go too hard on this uh, Chris Milton stuff tonight because let's be honest, things can change and they could change by the time we podcast tomorrow. But if Chris is in, uh, we'll be talking about Chris Milton tomorrow. We'll be looking ahead uh, to the Lakers, which... Even if they suck, it's always a fun matchup when you get to play the Lakers. I always just like look forward to it a little bit more. You know there's going to be a big crowd in there. And let's face it, it looks like LeBron is going to be playing and Anthony Davis as well. So we look forward to that game. So it should be a fun podcast tomorrow. Uh, let's wrap it up here, though, and uh, see what we can come up with on tomorrow's show. Frank, it's been a pleasure as always. Godspeed, Kane. Um, I, uh, I hope you are sad when you wake up after not winning watching the australian men's soccer team on saturday because it means my my argentines will will have won uh but but so it goes i guess who knows maybe we'll podcast on friday and i don't know if Giannis goes for another nuclear 45 point uh ad destruction then we may have to podcast there's a bit by the way if you if you some seen some of these like random laker fans like you know anthony davis has like a really good couple of weeks and like right. people's already starting to like, like I don't know, is AD better than Giannis now? It's like, fuck off! No, he's not. Like, just quit it. AD's playing well, great, good for him. All right, don't I, I was like, I, I always like to get my vulgarity in late, you know, after the kids have gone to bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. You get, you bring out your best content late and uh, <laughs> want to leave with one line ahead of the weekend. Don't cry with Frank, Argentina. <laughs> 